Ladies and gentlemen, get ready as we drop the gloves and take on everything from the Federal Hockey League. From weekly scores to postseason madness, here to set the ice on fire is your host, Jose Bahina. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Ice on Fire. That's right, we're back after taking a little bit of a vacation last week, a literal vacation. <clears throat> Uh, on my end, but glad to be back at it again. Uh, we're going to co- try to cover up a little bit of ground that we missed last week. I actually had no intention originally of uh, just you know just letting it roll as it was, um, you know, with everything that we missed last week. But I said, you know, it was kind of some important things, so we're going to go ahead and cover it anyways. And by the way, as always, coming to you from the Apache Pine Virtual Studio. Make sure you check the uh, link in the show description for ApachePine.com and check out how they've helped in their efforts to donate over 70,000 meals to date. Uh, like I said, going back to last week, that's really where I want to start off uh, with some of the news. I guess I'm, like I said, planned on bypassing it, but I can't uh, overlook or uh, understate the fact that, all right, uh, last weekend we saw Carolina lose. Uh, one game to the uh, Watertown Wolves before they won their next one on a uh, split series. And the next game, the Sunday game, was the uh, matchup against the Elmira Enforcers uh, in First Arena on the 24th. And that was the guaranteed, Elmira's second opportunity at the, the guaranteed game to beat Carolina. Remember, the stakes were uh, two free tickets for everyone in the audience uh, that had a ticket. To the next game, you'd get two free if they didn't make good on the uh, the win there. But since, uh, as fate had it, Elmira gets their first win. Remember, they've tried. I think this is this is a seventh or eighth game, but this is their first win against Carolina, two to three victory on that one. So I, I we're gonna talk about it a little bit later on, but I don't know if maybe this is something has been exposed about the uh, Carolina Thunderbirds losing two out of three games in that last weekend. Uh, we'll get into that, too. Other news that we've got going on in the FHL. Uh, speaking of Elmira, another thing. Uh, this past, uh, just just a few days ago, Elmira added a female goaltender to their roster. And uh, according to the press release, uh, Hannah Cochran, first female player in Federal Hockey League, uh, played since Kira Hurley um, in the 2012-13 campaign, which is really impressive actually I think um think she's currently going to be slated to be the backup I don't see her taking the job from Troy Passingham for Elmira but I mean it's still gonna be uh it's cool I think so anyways I mean uh when you look at the fact that you know at the top level NHL just I guess is, is just operating and going about their uh hockey is for everyone campaign and that includes you know the uh the ladies out there that you know um sometimes aren't uh, thought of necessarily, I guess, um, as hockey-minded people, I guess, you know, or, you know, I know they are, but I mean, you know, inclusively, that's the way we have to look at things, um, you know, they're a minority in the hockey world, so I think it's awesome, um, you know, like I said, the, she says that she's from Elmira, so she gets to play in her hometown, and that makes that very special for her, uh, that's, you know, that's definitely awesome, um, I said that she was, a uh, Dressed for Saturday night, 
Saturday night when they had their uh, play against the Danville Dasher. We'll look at that in the weekend recap um, for their Girl Scouts night. So I think that's even that's even more special. I think you know to be able to be a role model for the younger uh, girls that you know may have that same mindset that they can't play hockey or you know don't play hockey or girls don't play hockey, whatever. I think that's incredibly important in that respects. Um, what else do we have here? We have some monthly awards that's going to be given out here uh, as we have the player of the month coming out. Um, Matt Roberts, Robertson getting the um, player of the month for the Port Huron Prowlers. His 11 games, he had eight goals and 16 assists uh, for the Prowlers in that past month of February. Goaltender of the month, Henry Dill from Carolina. Uh, as he got uh, four and O over the month, uh, 2.0 goals against and a 9.25 save average. So that's good for Dill. That's his second time winning the goalie of the month. So uh, good for him. I know he's back out. I think in somewhere in the SPL HL uh, geography. So he's not currently with Carolina. So all right. Well, I guess that's how you win four games uh, in one month and win the goaltender of the month. Uh, rookie of the month, though, goes to Stepan Timofeyev. Uh, DL Myra Enforcer has racked up uh, 10 games with uh, four goals and 18 assists for 22 points in there in the month of February. So that's another uh, award being racked up for the Elmira Enforcers, uh, whether it be a, a real or a moral victory uh, during that month. So that's awesome for the uh, organization, like I said, again, uh, beating Carolina. Uh, for the first time in the season, having a female goaltender and getting uh, rookie of the month, all in, all within the same uh, span of what ten, I guess within the last ten days, that's pretty awesome. I'm excited about that too. Um, as always, if you want to, you can tweet us at uh, JB2 Media on Twitter or email us at JB2 Media Pro at gmail.com. Uh, we're gonna get looking into the this past weekend. We're gonna find, we're finally. I think we're gonna be caught up. Um, I don't. I like I said, didn't really plan on diving too deep into all the ins and outs of last week. Like I said, you know, old news is not news, as as they say. Um, other than those things that I highlighted uh, with Elmira and the uh, Carolina falling uh, a little bit behind there and raising some eyebrows. Other than that, I think. Uh, we're we're back we're back on par here, so we'll we'll uh, go ahead and pull up everything here for the past weekend. Ooh, and what a weekend it was! Uh, wow. Okay, so Friday night, uh, March first, in the first arena, the Elmire Enforcers uh, decided to put a little bit of a hurt on the Danville Dashers, winning four to three against the uh, team from Illinois. Uh, wow, what's just popped up? Something just covered my whole screen. This is terrible. Um, all right, whoa, just blocked up the whole screen there. Anyways, that's what happens. Um, yeah, Danville falling short against the Elmire Enforcers. That's a 3-2, to two, or 3-4 to four victory, rather, for the Elmire Enforcers. As we look uh, at the scoring line here, Sean Reynolds getting two goals for the Elmira, the four, the other two being accounted for by Mitch Atkins in that win. As uh, It looks like there was a whole lot of activity going down the penalty sheet here. Uh, boy, that's a lot of... It's a lot of uh, penalties in here uh, for the two teams, but that's all right because, you know what, when you're uh, 
only taking 30 shots on goals, putting up four uh, into the basket there, it's all right. I think they'll be fine. Uh, next game on the list we had was the Port Huron Prowlers at the Winston-Salem Fairgrounds Annex to take on the Carolina Thunderbirds. And this one was another uh, – another, uh, I'm going to put a little pin by this um, for a discussion later on as we have the Port Huron Prowlers taking the Thunderbirds to overtime uh, but falling short 3-4 uh, to four, as Carolina still does what Carolina has done for the most part. But um, look at this, Carolina shooting a total of 60 shots on goal and only ringing home four of those. Uh, Port Huron with 26 total for the uh, night. But the, the way the scoring line, I'll, I'll break it all down here. Uh, Matt Graham, uh, Matai Kasich, uh, Matt Robertson, all scoring three straight goals for Port Huron, mind you. Uh, one of those coming just five seconds into uh, <laughs> into the second period. Give Port Huron a 3-0 lead as uh, – Frankie McClendon started the game and was pulled uh, after the first period, and Christian Pavlos took over and still let one in in just five seconds. Um, and yeah, like I said, you you look at that through the first two period, uh, first three goals of the game, all Port Huron. Uh, Carolina come back and scored. Now uh, their first goal is a power play from Michael Bunn uh, in the second. Another goal from Victor Grabenikoff and Michael Bond with another uh, to tie things up with just three minutes into, left in the game uh, before they forced overtime and uh, Yuri Pashtuka got the game-winning goal in OT. But I'm just, I'm like I said, I'm put a cap in that because I, I want to come back to it that the Prowlers uh, took the Carolina Thunderbirds to overtime. It's that's bizarre, but. Uh, the next night, it was a different story in the Winston-Salem Fairgrounds uh, annexes. The Carolina Thunderbirds uh, walloped the Prowlers for everything that they're worth, 5-2 uh, to two in this game. Carolina opened up the scoring with, uh, whoa, uh, Karel Draharad, Jan Salak, uh, before in the second period, Jay Crew put up two goals for himself and Josh Petrantonio to give you that 5-2 to two, uh only goals from Port Huron coming from Jay Dalton or Dal Dalton Jay rather and uh Matai Kasich for them uh boy and that's that was uh about the way you would expect the first game to go but it's still it's odd um next game on the list uh delivering an even more impressive beating the Elmire Enforcers back in first arena taking on the Dashers again uh give them uh, another loss to take back to Illinois 6 to 2 as uh, the Elmira Enforcers uh, just put down a absolute beatdown. Marco Novosel with a shorthanded goal in the first opening of the scoring, uh, followed by Tyler Prendergrass, Sean Reynolds, Ahmed Mafuz uh, with two goals, and Glenn Patterson getting one on a power play to close out the scoring in this game. Uh, man, Elmira, rather Danville, getting two goals from Daniel Martin and one from Fred Hine. Uh, to give that total six to two, three stars Ahmed Mafuz, uh, Stepan Timofeyov, and Glenn Patterson, all uh, all three stars for the Elmire Enforcers. There, uh, man, that's 
that, like I said, this is the way you're about going now. That's the second game in a row that the Dashers have lost there. As we look at the other more intriguing and complicated game of the weekend, maybe the most complicated game, I think, uh, the Watertown Wolves at the Mentor Ice Arena uh, taking on the Icebreakers. This one got kind of hairy in a hurry. Uh, as I'll just tell you, Watertown uh, put up three goals, uh, two goals straight, Mentor coming back, putting up two to tie it up two to two. Uh, goals come from Matthew Kadoff and Mark Esri for Mentor, Todd Gerich and Derek Bodero for Watertown before Bodero got another one uh, to uh, give the Watertown back the lead at three to two uh, <laughs> uh, before the end of the first period. Uh, the second period saw Nathan Farrington scoring for Mentor first, followed by Declan Conway to give Mentor the four to three lead. Uh, Derek Bordereau getting his uh, hat trick there and evening it up again. Uh, Parker Miskow for Mentor taking the lead back for Mentor. Tyler Yurich uh, scoring to tie it up again and sending it into overtime uh, as the two teams had to duel it out. Watertown, Lane King getting the final goal, giving the <laughs> Watertown Wolves a 6-5 to victory in overtime against the icebreakers, meaning that the icebreakers have never won a game in overtime now. Uh, still, but, uh, you know, we're talking about a potential, well, uh, obviously a playoff team, but a potential, you know, championship team if they, if they you know, make that kind of run. Uh, getting taken to overtime by the icebreakers, who are dead last in the, the uh, league right now. And, I mean, that's... That I said, that's the weirdest game to me. I mean, when you're talking about a team that has you know 13 wins, taking you to overtime, uh, that that raises even more questions. I think. Uh, next game, going for their perfecto on uh, Sunday's game, the Elmira Enforcers taking on the Danville Dashers and ringing it home, sending Danville back with three straight losses as they win six to four. Um, Goal scoring coming in from Ahmed Mahfouz, uh, Stepan Timofeyov, Cameron Yarwood, uh, uh, Sean Reynolds getting two for himself, Taylor Cutting, and I'm sorry, actually Sean Reynolds uh, closing off and getting a hat trick in that game uh, against the Danville Dashers. They lose three straight now um, after this uh, beating they took uh, over the weekend from the Elmira Enforcers, so... That is another one down there. And the final game of the weekend, the Watertown Wolves back at the Icebreakers. And they drop this one 3-6 to six as the Icebreakers get a win. Um, again, like I said, their 13th win of the season. Uh, goal scoring coming from Mark Essery, Tomas Tevezri, uh, Stephen Fowler, Matthew Kadoff all getting goals in this game to uh, avenge their overtime loss against the Watertown Wolves here. Uh, like I said, probably not the biggest surprise of the weekend, but just I don't know. The, these two past two weekends, like I said, I've got two big theories coming up here. Anyways, that does leave the final, uh, or rather the official standings of the FHL at Carolina in first place still as they round off the top with uh, 118 points. Uh, 38 wins and their one now one overtime win. Uh, Elmira in second place, 
uh, still drawing a little bit closer here. The gap's not quite as prevalent as it was earlier in the season as they've won four straight and seven of their last ten uh, with a, um, 82 points on the season so far um, through their 44 games. Watertown, still an impressive team, but not looking quite as sparkly right now as they've uh, been taken to overtime and lost to the Mentor Icebreakers. Uh, but they are in third place still, followed by Port Huron um, with their 57 points through their 46 games, uh, followed closely by the Danville Dashers, uh, 43 points, 44 games. Uh, even though they have lost three straight, that has really hurt them uh, in the chances of vying for that fourth spot. And the me- Mentor Icebreakers bringing up the rear end, as I said before, 13 games, uh, one in their out of their 44 uh, they're five and five through the last ten, uh, despite winning the, against the Watertown Wolves. So uh, that is a lot. Uh, anyways, I'm gonna take a quick break here. We'll come back and we'll talk about uh, a little bit of the theory on what's going on with these kind of oddball games that we've seen. Stay tuned. <laughs> And we're back, coming to you from the Apache Fine Virtual Studio for the last little bit of the show here. Um, <clears throat> of course, this is uh, going to be a couple of things I want to talk about here. Uh, the one big thing I'm thinking about, I'm, I'm looking back at the uh, game where the Port Huron Prowlers <laughs> took uh, the Thunderbirds to the overtime game. That, of course, they, they the Thunderbirds still did win that game. Um but also then there's another couple of games that kind of stuck out of place to me. Uh, Elmira did win against Carolina the weekend before for the first time. And the game where Mentor uh, took uh, Watertown to overtime and the game where Watertown lost six to th- or three to six against Mentor, those games kind of like stick out to me for this reason particularly because I'm thinking here, uh, this is the Federal Hockey League, okay? Um, we've we've kind of gone through at this point and seen, for the most part, about everything you could you what you expect to, you know to see week in week out week out. Everyone you know anyone can be anyone, but I think the games that uh and we'll, where Carolina and Watertown have played, um, Carol Carolina lost to Watertown. That's what broke their streak a few weeks back. Um, they lost to Watertown uh, the other weekend where they played their two games against Watertown, lost the game against Elmira too. So they lost three, uh, two out of the three games that weekend. Uh, I think that's correct in stating that. Um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Carolina-Watertown, yeah, 4-3 to three win for Watertown uh, before Carolina came back and won the next one, and then lost the next one to Elmira, too. So they lost two of the three games that weekend. And also then you see Watertown uh, or Watertown going to overtime with uh, uh, Mentor and then Carolina going to overtime with Port Huron. And then the Watertown Wolves losing uh, to uh, Mentor. Okay, so that's th- those are odd things. Um, I think maybe... A, I think that 
Watertown and Elmira, the the second and third best team in the league, you know, by standing sake. I think they've maybe found a little chink in the armor of Carolina that they could dig into and be able to um, find a way to beat them. And I think, um, like I said, they're, Carolina doesn't seem so invincible anymore now that they're not on their big winning streak. And I think that's dangerous for them. Because Elmira has always had what it's ta- whatever you know whatever they need to, to beat Carolina. They just never put it together until now. Uh, Watertown is sort of the same way. I think they could have all they could have beaten them in a couple of games. Uh, Port Huron has beaten them um, before, and like I said, enforced the overtime. I think that it kind of uh, Carolina's fallen back down, you know, off this great big high of the winning streak. That now they they realize that they're not invincible. Um, when you look at the, like the the way that this has been going for them, uh, and you know we've seen them stub their toe against Mentor before and and lose big in their own on their own home ice, uh, get shut out there. So you know, like I said, you know and that was a fluke, I think still, but things are getting getting intense. Like when you're down here to the to uh, you know the last full month of uh, gameplay before we have the the uh, playoffs in, I think, just uh, about four weeks, four or five weeks. So um, it it's interesting to me. I think that's really it. I think Carolina has, has fallen off to the fact that they're, n- like, vulnerable, if that makes sense. Um, you know, even the uh, – when you look at the, the stats now, uh, for the lead leaguer, uh, league leader, leaders of the league, <laughs> uh, you know, you don't see Carolina up there nearly as much as you had. Um, Todd Garrett still uh, running, uh, running the points and goals uh, lead there, but um, assists, uh, Men Mafuz, uh, Austin Day with the points per game average, power play goals still goes to Garrett. Um, but you really look at it this way, and Carolina, or even in, in the top points, Carolina is not in the top three. It's Tyler Gurich, Ahmed Mafuz, and Dalton Jay from Port Huron. So, same way with the goal count. Uh, Petra Antonio is the only Thunderbird uh, in the uh, uh, goals and assists categories for points at 45 in second place behind Ahmed Mafuz with 50. Um, just ahead of Tyler Gerich for 43. So I really, I mean, I don't think they're, like I said, they're not uh, as dominant as they were. And that's not a good look going into the playoffs when your team's been on a hot streak for, you know, went on a hot streak for five or six weeks, and then now you're losing a little head of steam. Uh, Christian Pavla's still outstanding in the uh, goaltending situation, but, uh, like I said, the only categories really led by um, Carolina is the plus minus. So, you know, and that, again, that's what happens when you win 24 straight games. Uh, when you have Jan Salak, Corel Durahara, and Josh Petrotonio all top three on plus minuses. But like I said, you, you won 24 games straight, so that makes sense. Um, and like I said, you have a phenomenal goaltending. So that, that, that makes sense too. But, I mean, like I said, it's a bit – Worrisome, something to watch out for come down the stretch. If you're a Carolina fan, like I said, their team's not playing as dominant as they were. Like I said, got taken overtime by Port Huron, dropped two of the three the weekend before. 
Um, that's a little concerning from that angle. And I think it makes the playoffs a lot more interesting uh, if you expect to get that um, one uh, top seed, uh, one seed. I th- I'm pretty sure Carolina is just about a handful of points out of clinching that first uh, seed uh, officially. Uh, but, I mean, like I said, then again, you're going to have to worry about, well, even if you you get the one seed and you play the four, whether that be Danville or Port Huron, like I said, you just got taken to overtime. You won, but you got taken to overtime by Port Huron. And on a three-game set, that might come back to bite you badly. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, just just something I, I thought about. Like I said, I think Carolina is not nearly as much of a giant as they were. Um, now, the other big thing I wanted to talk about was uh, some of the concern over Mentor. Obviously, they've showed out that they have some fights left in them winning over the uh, reigning champion Watertown Wolves, you know, uh, you know, while set also drawing an overtime too. But, uh, you know, that's brings us back around to the attendance factor. And I think early on in the season uh, of the show, I mentioned that I didn't think or that I thought this would be the year that there was no teams to fold in the uh, Federal Hockey League because – I figured, well, I know for a fact that the uh, uh, icebreakers have some sort of support uh, through a pretty high profile, for the Fed anyways, uh, group of ownership. So I figured that would keep them um, around. And and, uh, I didn't think Elmira was going to be an issue. And like I said, they're Grand Slam speaking, which is the attendance factor. um, They're edging in on... uh, probably surpassed Carolina um, in the total attendance for the season. Uh, both of them still in the 70,000s, uh, Elmira 70,000, uh, Carolina 72. But like I said, with their uh, upcoming home games in Elmira this weekend, they should be able to probably surpass that and then some uh, take that too. But, well, like I said, I think, uh, you know, like I said, you look at the, the gap <laughs> between the one – Two and the the two and three, which in this case is Carolina, um, averaging twenty six hundred. Watertown still only uh, nine eighty three, with twenty one thousand total. Not a problem. I really don't think that's a problem uh, at all, um, because like I said, I look when you look back at the attendance uh, through the years, and last year, North Shore, uh, which was the, uh, you know the weakest uh, of the teams I'll say that um, to have uh, atten- and atten- as far as attendance goes but um, they they folded last year and they did not do so good uh, the year before as sh- as the St. Clair Shore um, Fighting Saints I think that was their official name uh, they drew in under 10,000 which I think you know I think that's sort of the uh, threshold of what you need to get to with the icebreakers this year, I think they really need to get to uh, 10,000, honestly. And will they do it? I don't think they will, but I don't think they're in any danger of folding this year. I think if uh, North Shore gets uh, two or three years as the uh, Fighting Saints and the the Knights, I think that uh, mentors should be fine on that respect. Um, 
the other concerning thing I think would be the fact that uh, El, um, Port Huron uh, they have only been drawing 859. Still, that's not terribly bad. They're not that far behind, but you know, for a, a program of that nature, I feel like they should be doing a little bit better. Same way, I, I know Danville, you know, has had their issues, uh, you know, with attendance and overall the other things uh, throughout their history. But uh, I'm not terribly worried about Mentor, and like I said, definitely not worried about Elmira. Definitely not worried about Carolina. I think Watertown. Danville doing fine. I'd like, I'd like to think Port Huron could get up to the like twenty twenty five thousand, at least. Uh, don't know what they had last year off the top of my head, um, but yeah, I think that would be a, a, a marker for them throughout the season. I think that would be a, I think that's where they should want to be. Uh, I don't know why I can't find that. Oh, okay, there we go. The regular season uh, total for. Uh, Port Huron last time was 26, so I feel like, you know, they should be able to get up to uh, 25 at least this year. Uh, North Shore uh, and their 12 home games, like I said, it was a bit of a weird duck because they only didn't really have home games um, there. At the, I think that was the the Kingsville Arena, or yeah, I think Kingsville Arena, something. Anyways, whatever it was, uh, they didn't really have a home ice to play on, so. That made it a little harder to get an actual score, but that's why I went back to the uh, Knights' uh, previous team, the the uh, Fighting Saints, to get a better idea, like I said, of where they were drawing before uh, the team ceased operations. So I really don't think Mentor is in any danger this season. If it continues in next season, we see you know less than 500 uh, in attendance there. I think they might be in a, a different different conversation but we'll get there uh if it gets there i hope it doesn't like i said i still think this might be the year where all six teams return for a second year uh at least a second year rather um and uh we'll maybe hopefully add more teams to the federal hockey league in the off season um i really think that's probably going to do it for now uh, uh as far as conversation wise we're going to go into our uh I think I think our power ranks are, are kind of stuck at the moment, so I'm not going to uh, fret too much about that. Still Carolina, Elmira, Watertown, third place, Port Huron and Danville, I think, uh, come up, and then Mentor. I, like I said, I really i am not putting too much into this one uh, for now. We'll see how it goes this weekend um, because that's when we're going to see some potential shakeups on this, I think, um, after so long of it being rather stagnant. I've I think, but, uh, so that means Friday looking ahead on, uh, February the 8th or February, March the 8th. I think that's right. Is that? No. Yeah, that's right. The 8th and the 9th, uh, this weekend we have Watertown at Port Huron on 7 PM or with 7 PM puck drop, uh, Friday. Also we have Carolina at Elmira. That'll be, and that's, that's going to be my game to, uh, watch, there uh, is 705 puck drop on that one. Mentor at Danville, a uh, clash of the uh, bottom half, but 705 Central Standard Time if that for that puck drop. Uh, that's also the exact same schedule, I think, for Saturday, except Watertown and Port Huron will have a 6 p.m. puck drop um, as opposed to a 7. So you got Watertown versus Port Huron 
Carolina at Elmira, water and mentor at Danville for your Friday Saturday games. Sunday, uh, Carolina and Elmira will be back at it one more time with a 405 puck drop. Danville at Mentor uh, round out the Sunday schedule. 435 puck drop in the Mentor Civic Center. Uh, I have lost track. This is why I shouldn't skip weeks. Um, I've lost track of where I was on my picks, but I didn't. I don't think I may, I may have made picks, but I don't think I really f- followed through on them from two weeks ago, and I didn't have any for last week. So I'm going to leave it where I was with <laughs> still with my uh, 75 for uh, 102. Uh, we'll figure it out. Uh, the last thing I have written down was uh, going five for eight, 62%. I don't know which week that was. Um, I did have something, uh, some random notes at the bottom, but I, it's been too long. My brain has been fried by the Caribbean sun, and my skin is falling off, like, terribly bad. Um, anyways, I think that's gross, right? I don't, I don't know. I don't get sunburned much. Um, I think for picks for the weekend, I think I have Watertown uh, winning their two games against Port Huron. Uh, Mentor and Danville. I see Danville taking all three of those, uh, like said, barring anything strange. Even after the, the two games that uh, almost went their way and the one that did. Or, yeah, rather, the one that almost went their way and the one that did. Uh, I still think Danville walks away with three of those wins uh, over the course of the weekend. Uh, Carolina and Elmira, I think Carolina will get one, uh, get the game Friday, drop one, uh, get let Elmira get their uh, second victory of the season against the Thunderbirds on Saturday, and I think Carolina gets the one on Sunday, uh, the 405, where they had to skip town real fast-like. Um, we'll see how it goes, though. That's going to be my picks. Uh, again, you can tweet us at JB2Media on Twitter, email us jb2mediapro. Some of you do take advantage of that, and I appreciate it. Um, But that's going to be it for this week. We're going to uh, see how it goes next week when we discuss what could be the best new options for FHL cities. So tune in.